Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix Please put your hands together and make a little noise For your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys Ooh, Bosco's boys Come on, boys are back. This is Scott Wildcat. Grant will be joining us a little bit on in the show, uh, and I couldn't be more excited. You know, it's a very first game preview episode where we have your primers and keys to V a little bit later in the show, and then Grant and I will be doing game picks before we get into anything. Remember, my bookie is the sponsor of this show. You pr- use promo code CHAIR, that is C H A I R, at mybookie.ag to get your 100% deposit bonus. Also, be checking out the Teespring Bosco's Boys Swag Shop. We have brand new stuff hitting the store almost every day this week. And then between now and the Bowling Green game, if you use promo code BOSCO10, you're getting 10% off your entire order. So go over there, get your swag, and you know have it in time for Big 12 play. Uh, we're going to go into Wildcat Roundup. We're going to talk a little bit of basketball recruiting and football recruiting. Uh, our friends over at KSA Online helping us out with a little bit of information on that. If you sign up over at KSA Online before Saturday, you can get a year-long subscription for 75 bucks plus a $75 Adidas gift card so you can buy some new shoes or a Christmas gift. You know, it's never too early to be looking for those good gift deals for the holiday season. Go over there and check out our friends. They're helping us out, giving us a little recruiting coverage on Bosco's Boys. Uh, Grant Flanders helping us out with basketball recruiting. We got big recruiting weekends the next couple weekends, trying to add to that class. I already features Nigel Pack, who is now a top 100 player over on ESPN. Uh, we have guys from St. Louis coming this weekend: Luke Kabisky and Davin Bradford, both rivals 150 guys. Luke is a 6'4 wing who's the fo- who was the focal point of Mocan's Peach Jam Championship this past summer. High motor guy, versatile on offense, and he has what it takes to get it done on defense. Bradford is a 7-footer who K-8 really likes. They see him down on the blocks, almost a little bit more like a traditional big man. Uh, both of these guys have similar offer sheets. They're going head-to-head with Missouri and Illinois, and Loyola Chicago is in there as well. Both of these guys are going to be in Manhattan this weekend. The following weekend, you got three guys on campus. All of them are in the Rivals, 152 four-stars and a three-star. Selton Miguel and combo guard Rondell Walker, your four-stars, and Jethro Musinden is your three-star. Miguel athletic guy he excels creating his own shots he's a playmaker 
and he can fill up a stat sheet. Miguel, he's going to be at Western Kentucky this summer. He also has offers from Iowa State, TCU. Walker's visited Arkansas, has offers from Oklahoma State, A&M, Utah, and others. Per his Twitter plan, he's releasing his top eight schools on September 5th. K-State should be in there. Jethro's a 6'10 dude, and he's really starting to pile up the offers. KU's in on him. UConn's in on him. Minnesota's in on him. K-State has the offer. They're getting a visit. They're going to have a lot of work to do. Uh, That's going to be a tough one to win. Uh, All these guys are who we would say are the top priorities for Bruce right now. Uh, Like I said, pair up with Nigel Pack. Uh, Guys, I tell you what. I don't want to oversell it because I think we saw what happened last year when we go too over the top talking about recruiting. But you already have Nigel Pack in your pocket and you're getting five high profile big time players visiting early on in your football season. Uh, Look for Bruce maybe to surprise some of us and get a commitment maybe one of these guys, maybe two of these guys before, you know, the clock strikes, you know, midnight on early signing day. I think you could see this class feature three to four, four star top 150 type guys. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, but I'm getting real excited to see what Bruce and co are doing out on the recruiting trail right now for basketball. When it comes to footprinting, Derek Young is telling us to hold on for all the juicy little tidbits that will be coming out. The dead period does end on Friday, but just like K-State, a lot of high school programs around the country are starting up their seasons. Look for things to start heating up after Mississippi State going into conference play. Right now in the beginning weeks, it's all about getting visits slated for each commit and target, ensuring they make it to Manhattan before their decisions made and getting in them in there for those big game atmospheres. Uh, they're not thinking there's going to be too many names coming in the first two weekends. Things are going to be a little bit limited when it comes to those visitors. Maybe there's going to be some folks from those local classes, maybe trying to get some of those younger kids in there to experience the new program. Keep an eye on some folks down in Texas, including uh, Fabian Marks and then Dijon Harrison. Those are a couple names down in Texas to keep an eye on. We'll see what happens down there. Again, head over to KSO for all your recruiting coverage. Uh, and then now, you know, we'll move on to soccer. Uh, it was a very disappointing start for the Beanie squad. They got out to an early 2-0 lead on the backs of Katie Kramer getting two early goals. That was a name that Brian Smoller told us to be looking out for. They did surrender three goals between the 45th and 62nd minute. That's not something you want to see at any level of soccer and definitely not in your opening game for a collegiate squad going to their fourth year as a program. They did rebound a little bit in game two, still up in Omaha playing the Omaha. I think they were the Mavericks. I don't know. Someone tweeted at me. I think it's the Omaha Mavericks. Uh, I've been wrong before. I've been, I will be wrong again, but I think it's the Mavericks. Someone tweet me. Let me know what the Omaha mascot is, Uh, but it was zero, zero draw, no goals. Uh, defense was something they hung their hat on over the last three years. It is a little discouraging to get two goals and then give up three to lose that game and then not be able to turn around and score in the next game. Hoping to see some goals and some defense at Boozer Park. It opens up officially 
Boozer Family Park, 7 p.m. Thursday. You can watch on ESPN Plus or listen on 101.5 K-Rock. They also host South Dakota State, 1 p.m. Sunday, ESPN Plus and K-Rock. Volleyball, we talked about with Swaggy B. They open up their season out in Raleigh, North Carolina. They're playing NC State before a doubleheader on Saturday versus Awesome PA in Maryland. Now let's get into the Coach Climbing press conference news. After the teleconference on Monday with the Big 12 media, the depth chart was released. James Gilbert is your number one running back for game one. But Coach Kleiman touched on that a little bit, saying that it's really going to be about what formation or what type of plays they're running, whether it's going to be James Gilbert, Jordan Brown, or Harry Trotter. I think we're going to see a lot of all three of them, especially early in those first two games. Another surprise that happened when that depth chart came out, Nick Lenners is listed as your number one fullback, and he is also listed as your number two tight end. Coach Kleiman talked about in his Tuesday press conference that the tight ends and fullbacks really need to know each possession. Those are going to be interchangeable in that offense. So I think no matter what the formation is, you're going to be seeing Nick Lenners out there, whether it's at tight end or fullback, and you're going to see a lot of creativity with him. At least that's what I'm hoping. Another thing, it looks like Evan Curl is going to be your starter at left guard, displacing who folks thought was going to be the favorite to win that job, Josh Rivas. That's going to mean the Wildcats are going to run out there on Saturday with five seniors starting on offensive line. And the last depth chart piece of news I'm going to touch on is Jerem McPherson is going to be your starting nickelback. That was a position with a lot of talk after after it came out that Walter Neal was going to move to the outside. Uh, He beat out Jonathan Durham and John Alexander for that spot. Hoping to see big things from him because we all know in Big 12 play, that nickelback position is maybe one of, if not the most important spots out there on your defense. So Coach Kleiman did talk about in his press conference that there might be a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of anxious energy amongst the team in that first game. He really preached that he's been telling his coaches to just be patient if any of these stupid penalties, you know, fall start, having to use a timeout occur. Um, I'm glad he's preaching that because I'll, I'll tell you what, I, as a fan, will be frustrated if I see that. I, I need to probably level set myself a little bit. But you hate seeing that, even if it is game one. Uh, you know, y- you hope that he's just trying to set his team up, you know, set the expectation low. But that kind of worried me a little bit. I'm hoping they surprise him and we don't see any of those stupid penalties. Um, When asked about Joshua Youngblood, he did say he expected six to seven wide receivers to play on Saturday, which seems like an insane amount, but he preached that he really wants to be rotating those guys in and out. He did say Youngblood was going to be one of those guys, and I think we all want to see it. The offseason hype machine really was all about Youngblood and what this true freshman out of Florida can do. Um, I'd be disappointed if we didn't see him and at least then put him in a position to make some plays, really holding out hope we get out to a big lead and we see a lot of Mr. Youngblood. Uh, Coach Kleiman had a lot of praise from Nichols, quarterback, four-year starter, really preaching to the fans saying that they need to be loud and try to rattle this guy on third down. He did say since he's been playing four, four years, making it deep into the FCS playoffs last year that it'll take a lot to rattle him. I almost took that as a challenge to the students, so I hope that they get loud 
and really get into his head. He anticipates Nichols having a very aggressive defense and said that despite them not giving up a ton of big plays next year, we're going to have to break a couple if we want to do what we want to do on offense. He seemed confident that they could survive doing just long sustained drives, but he did say he wanted to see some big play ability. Uh, That surprised me because... While North Dakota State would bust out some big plays, that wasn't something K-State did a ton of last year. That's not something that you think of when you think of a Coach Messingham offense. So I, I, I was a little surprised that he made a point to say that he's hoping we get some of those big plays. No one's going to turn those plays away. Uh, I, I just don't think, I, at least I'm not very confident that will be a big staple of this offense going forward. I hope I'm wrong. Like I said, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. I'm hoping that is one of those times that I am wrong. Um, He had massively high praise for Wayne Jones, who, that is Wayne Jones, who will be starting at safety next to Denzel Goolsby, saying that even as a redshirt freshman, he's one of the guys who understands the defense better than anyone else on the team. That is something that I love to hear. I think Wayne Jones is going to be one of those guys that – K-State fans fall in love and have a love affair for four years. You might be asking, who is that? That is Wayne Jones. Um, There was a question, and I think it was Kellis Robinette who mentioned it, and it warmed my heart and gave me goosebumps just to daydream about it. But he asked about the player entrance, and with a little bit of a smirk, Coach Kleiman said that he hopes that it's a true spectacle. Said that the players were able to help, you know, design it and come up with what the new entrance is going to be. I, for one, cannot wait for it. And then finally, he did say he expects upwards of six true freshmen to play. He said Youngblood, Joe Irving, and Jack Stanine, the Seawolf, are three of those guys he think could play. He said anyone else, it'll have to be on special teams in one of those four special teams units. So that is your Wildcat Roundup for Game 1 versus Nichols State. Hopefully Grant will be able to join me because this was a lot of talking to do uninterrupted, and I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing just my voice. And that's perfect because it is time for our primers. And nothing gets you more primed in bed than Blue Chew. To all the guys out there, if you need a little extra confidence, if you need a little boost, go to BlueChew.com. That is blue like the color and chew like you're chewing some food. BlueChew.com. Use promo code armchair. That is armchair for a free first delivery. And this stuff is prescribed to you by a real doctor. You fill out a questionnaire and a real doctor prescribes it to you. It comes straight to your door in unsuspicious packaging. And then boom, you have it. Try your first one. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. It works. It's just the same stuff as your Cialis or Viagra. So if you need a little bit of, you know, priming in the bedroom, go to bluechew.com. Now we are going to go to our first primers of the year, and we got two good ones for you. Bryant Johnson is the voice of the Colonels and recurring guest John Kurtz from K-Man. Those two guys are going to get you primed for the game. Now let's get to them. Hi, this is Bryant Johnson, voice of the Colonels, and this is your Nichols Primer as we get set for the start of the season against Kansas State. 2018 was an absolute dream. It was the best season in program history. Conference title, a postseason win, a victory at Kansas to start the year, and it's really a a culmination for the Colonels that has been four-plus years in the making 
Tim Rebo arrived as head coach in 2015. He is Mr. Louisiana. He knows everyone in this state. And he inherits an 0-12 program that he has turned into an FCS title contender in four-plus years. It all starts with the Colonel's quarterback. He is the reigning MVP in the Southland Conference. Chase Forcade started the first game of his true freshman year at number nine, Georgia. And, and if there's one thing you take away from his time in Thibodeau as quarterback of the Colonels, it's showing up in Athens in front of 93,000 fans as a 55-point underdog and losing by two. And Nichols had the lead in the third quarter. They ended up falling short 26 to 24, but it, it's really been on since that moment. Some close losses to Texas A&M where Kevin Sumlin is kicking a field goal as time expires to make it a 10-point win instead of a 7-point victory. And then finally that win in overtime against KU last year where Chase runs into the end zone, down by three, OT. Colonels win it 26-23, and he is bringing back a ton of talent into 2019. Your top three running backs are back, and, and Chase is in that category as well. Top four running backs, including Chase, he's over 1,000 yards rushing in his career. Dontrell Taylor, just under 1,000 yards last season. He averaged 7.2 yards per carry. In the 2018 season, Kendall Bussey is a Texas A&M transfer. He was beat up last year, but he's a big number two back. And Julian Gums, he was their phenom freshman last season. He's in in the third spot, and he was a huge contributor last year. Dejon Dixon, top receiver, almost 800 yards receiving last year. He had seven touchdowns. He becomes the number one after Nichols loses. Damian Jean-Pierre to the NFL. He's in camp with Carolina right now. Defensively, similar story to the offense, just real consistent, built big and fast, number 12 defensive unit in the country last year. Nichols was tops in the Southland Conference and allowing 22 points per game. They only allowed 23 against Kansas, 337 yards of, of total offense allowed per game by the Colonels last year. You bring back your All-American in Sully Lesh. You bring back Evan Veron, who had 21 and a half tackles for a loss last year. Your safeties and corners are back. You've got a three-time all-conference selection in Allen Pittman that's back. Eight first-team all-Southland selections and three second-team selections. It's a loaded unit, but you're replacing your offensive line. P.J. Burkhalter is back. He's all-conference, first team at center. He was a guard the last two years. He'll take over for a four-year starter in Ryan Hanley at center. But it's still a work in progress to fortify that front five. And you're replacing an All-American kicker. Laurent Fonseca made 35 field goals the last two years. He was great at touchbacks. He had 59 of them. You have an all-conference punter in Winston Jones that is back and in the mix. But kicking an offensive line, to be determined, we'll see what it looks like in game number one against K-State, but certainly a year filled with expectations. Colonels are preseason favorites to repeat in the Southland Conference. They're looking to make it back to the postseason and host a game in the playoffs for the third straight year. Just a, an exciting time to be down here in Cajun country, down by you in Thibodeau. Best food you'll ever have in your life, best festivals and partying you can ever partake in. And it's great having 10,000 people show up at Manning Field, Normally, we only get that many people at Manning Field during the Manning Passing Academy when Eli Archie and, and Peyton are hanging out. Now you get that same type of crowd that shows up for 
Manning Passing Academy. They are available every Saturday to watch the Colonels play. And Nichols is 10-1 at home in their last two years. It's Chase Forcade on offense. He'll be the key to watch on August 31st. And defensively, Evan Veron, Sully Lesh, those are the dudes that have made this experience so much fun over the last few seasons for Nichols. My name is Bryant Johnson. You can check us out at BryantJohnson1 on Twitter, GoKernels.com, G-E-A-U-X, of course, because we are in Colonel country, GoKernels.com, if you want to get a little more insight into Nichols football before we see you in Manhattan in the first Saturday of the college football season. Boys, bonehounds of all kinds, thank you so much for inviting me to do the primer for the season opener of 2019 K-State football. We all know the storyline here. The new era of K-State football begins. Chris Kleiman, the former czar of FCS, appropriately opens up with a top 15 FCS team in the 11th ranked Nichols Colonels. Seemingly everything has changed since we last saw K-State football. The offseason has been flooded with social media branding, revitalized recruiting, and a totally different approach and attitude from Chris Kleiman, as opposed to the only thing K-State had known for two and a half, nearly three decades under Bill Snyder. But how does all of that translate to the actual football field? Chris Kleiman inherited a roster without a scholarship running back, essentially without a non-senior offensive tackle and a general lack of Big 12 quality depth. On top of that, his top two wide receivers ran themselves into trouble and out of town. His best linebacker, Justin Hughes, out for the year after going down in spring football. This game, though, is about quarterbacks in 2019. And K-State has a revitalized four-star quarterback in Skylar Thompson. He's really an inkblot test. Either you see a budding star who will flourish with a staff that now fully supports him or an inconsistent signal caller who has proven very little at the Power 5 level and even became somewhat of a martyr under Bill Snyder. One of the biggest questions will be, does Skylar Thompson take the next step this year and put this team on his back? If he does, a new stable at Division I transfer running backs, an experienced offensive line, and a decent starting 11 on defense could be enough to get K-State to a bowl game. In all honesty, it would be a tremendous start to the Chris Kleiman era if so. As far as this game is concerned, Chris Kleiman should be the least likely Power 5 coach to ever overlook an FCS opponent, a point he made very clear himself at his most recent press conference. We're not going to overlook them. I can promise you that. Nichols is a dynamite football team and, and a tremendous respect for their coaching staff and their players. And a uh, great quarterback, tremendous skill players. Um, they had a Big 12 win last year. Uh, Football's not much different, guys. You know, South Dakota came in here last year and probably should have won. And, and Kansas State found a way to win. And that's, it's, guys understand that if you don't have your A game and you don't play your best football, you're going to get beat. It doesn't matter the level of play. Offensively, besides the obvious and Skylar Thompson, I want to see the skill position trio of Jordan Brown, James Gilbert, and Malik Knowles. The two running backs, Gilbert and Brown, I expect to see the most of. Gilbert brings the smarts. Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator, says Gilbert could teach the offense to his teammates. And Jordan Brown, who came in later, seems to be the best athlete of the bunch that K-State has at running back, a former four-star recruit who went to North Carolina. And Malik Knowles at wide receiver looks to be essentially a starter, 
he is somebody that last year flashed the potential to be a legitimate big play, big 12 wide receiver. That is a guy who could add a lot to the offense if it clicks for him this year. Defensively, start with the beast. It's Wyatt Hubert at defensive end. The former Shawnee Heights T-Bird, I think, is poised to have an all-Big 12 season as a sophomore at defensive end. Then give me Daniel Green at linebacker. I feel like K-State has a solid starting two at linebacker. They will need depth, and Daniel Green is one of the highest-rated recruits that K-State has on their roster. And finally, defensively, Wayne Jones at safety. Has somewhat flown under the radar, but the coaches rave about him and absolutely love him. Boys, Bonehounds, I think K-State gets it done, but probably not as comfortably as we would ultimately like it to be. I'll say K-State wins this one 31-17. That takes us to our keys to V. Yep. Before we dive in, want to give another thank you to the voice of the Colonels, Bryant Johnson, and recurring guest, John Kurtz of Powercat Game Day, Wildcat and Insider, and The Game on 1350. He is a recurring guest, and uh, we love him. And I think that's the second time we've gotten an opposing team's play-by-play guy to do the primer for them. Yeah. Last year I got an FCS dude play guy, play-by-play for South Dakota. South Dakota State. South Dakota State. The South Yodis. Dakota State. Yeah, and um, or South Dakota. I can't remember. I can't either. They're the Coyotes, the Yotes. Either way, um, yeah. Yeah, we're two for two for getting FCS play-by-play guys. So I don't know who we're playing FCS next year, but I think that now has to become the standard. I know we're gonna have to reach out now. Just, <laughs> yeah, just lock get, it down. Get on the waiting list. But we're gonna dive into the keys to V. For those of you who are new this year. Those are just, you know, the basic, generic, you know, any sort of game preview, pregame show, podcast, radio show. They always do the cheesy keys to victory, and we're no different. And since there's two of us, we're both going to give you two of them to, uh, you know, start off with a, you know, quick dub versus uh, Nichols, the Colonels. So, Grant. Hopefully. Start, yes, hopefully. Start us off. What is the very first key to V? For the 2019 season, the Chris Kleiman era. My first key to V is for Nickel State, we got to stop the run. Their offenses are like 60, 40. What are you looking at me like that for? No, I. <laughs> okay. You <laughs> looked, you're like scowling. No, no sorry. No, you're good. I have resting bitch face. I apologize. They're about 60, 60% run, 40% pass, and they have a stable of running backs to choose from. So they're going to want to eat clock, take advantage of the big plays. So. We want to shut that down early and force them to change their plans. Definitely. And, you know, especially after how the opener went last year, I want to see that defensive line get into the backfield, disrupt them, win that line of scrimmage, win in the trenches. I mean, that's going to be honestly a key and something we have to be looking for all season. I was going to kind of, yeah, I, I, I was undecided on which one of those I wanted to choose. So I almost just combined the two. But good choice because I that's – one of the things I'm going to be looking for. And second for me, I just hope we can kill the game early. Um, you know, Nichols State – is it Nichols State? Jesus. Well, Just for disrespecting these FCS Nichols guys. Nichols State is the name of, like, the university. Okay. But the athletic department is trying to brand themselves just as the Nichols, Nichols. Cur- Colonels. All right. Well, the kind Colonels like – Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette. The Colonels are a good team. I mean, we already see people chat chattering about this now, about how this – could be a potentially pretty close game. I mean, they have a star cornerback. 
back for a senior year. They do have a stable of running backs. They have a really dynamic number one wide receiver, um, and they have a veteran defense. So it could be tough. Plus, they've got back-to-back uh, postseason trips and a conference championship that they're going to want to defend and start off hot. So the program's rejuvenated our program. Um, the last thing I want to do is see another struggle against an FCS opponent early to create even more doubt for the hire that already has some doubt behind it. So I'm hoping we can, one, kill the game early for that reason, and killing the game early would provide rest for starters that, you know, Already, I think I think we have a, a talented squad, more talented than people think, but it is thin across the board in most spots. So that would give us a chance to rest those guys and give younger guys a lot of experience and valuable reps. Yeah, so that was one of my original keys to V, and I, you know, I will do an audible. But what you said is exactly why I had it on mine. We always have to audible for these. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. But. I want to see some of those young guys. I want to see, you know, it sounds like it's actually going to be Nick Ost as the number two quarterback, which I don't like because I really wanted to see Holcomb. But I want to see some of those young guys out there. I want to see young blood running as the number one receiver. I want to see Daniel Green over on the defense. I want to see, you know, all the running backs. I want to see all the defensive backs. Um, That's something we weren't able to do last year. I mean, when you're holding on for dear life, you're not able to get that depth and see some of those guys. So we need to take advantage of it because you don't get three cupcakes in the non-con. I mean, when you're going to Mississippi state here in a couple weeks, uh, all the time to play the, you know, no name guys, the young guys, it's over from, from that point on. So you have to make the most out of the first two games and those opportunities. So the, I'm going to dive into my, uh, keys to V, uh, this is going to be the inverse of yours, and similar to you, I my original first draft, I had win the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, since you took the defensive line, I will take the offensive line. Really what I'm looking to see is just dominating. Don't let them get into the backfield because we. if you go back and listen to our very first game review from last year, we were, ugh, I mean, borderline – too hard on college kids when we were talking about the offensive line. I think we, for the most part, do a good job of uh, not attacking individual players or anything like that. But last year, the offensive line just looked like they didn't want to be there. And there was all that hype in the you know offseason. I think they were one of the number one offensive line units in a lot of those preseason magazines. And that was the second straight year where you have that hype and they just don't deliver. You're probably going to be starting five seniors which is crazy, five seniors. And if you can't dominate, I I think we're going to be in trouble. I think it will be very sobering, and we'll get to know fast because we want to run the ball. And a fan, a recurring guest, friend of the program, one of the most recurring guests, KSU underscore fan, he's been showing all these gifts or gifs. I'm not going to fight about it today. <laughs> on Twitter, on how they block and all their power schemes – and I'm excited for it. If this offense is going to work, the offensive line has to be dominant versus this caliber of a team. Yeah, uh, I think that's a valid concern. Um, I think most importantly, if they look the part physically, I'll be pleased. If there's some hiccups with the new schemes and you know pulling pulling guys, and we're a little bit slow in that respect, like if it takes us a few games to kind of get it down in live action. 
I'll be giving them the benefit of the doubt a little bit. But physically, we need to look the part, and we did not look that in the last two years. It took us to about game six or seven to really start dominating the trenches. And I hope that we don't get that slow start this year. I mean, the problem with – and I, I don't disagree with you. It's a, it's a different setup, and Jesse Ertz, who came on last Friday – really broke it down well about the different schemes last year being so zone-heavy versus pulling and power-heavy this year. Um, if you're not able to pull well, I don't think you're going to see that dominant play. If they're not able to get off the line and get into their pulls quickly, it won't matter how physically and ready they are to play. The defender is going to already be in the backfield and you're screwed either way. So while I agree with you, there might be some you know growing pains but if if you're not getting into your pole quickly, it, it won't matter how much you want to hit the guy. So, well, they have my confidence. I think I think Connor Riley is one of the better offensive line coaches around. So we're going to see him work his magic. I agree with you, and that will be one of the things that the haters want to point out. Yeah. If if Connor Riley and this offensive line doesn't look better, the boo, not the boo birds, but you know the folks on Twitter on the message boards, they're going to be. You know, chirping about why didn't we keep uh, Dickey around? And I'm not as big of a fan of Dickey as, uh, you know, Travis Tannehill was or some of the other folks we've had on. Uh, so I definitely don't think that will be the case. But if it is, all the Dickey defenders are going to be out in full force. Yeah. Hopefully uh, my, we don't see that. Exactly. And my final uh, key to V, and I'm going to, again, I'm having to do a little bit of an audible, but it's going to be don't have the mental mistakes. Like, again, this is one that almost every single team in the nation could say every week. But when you have your Bill Snyder, that year is over. For better or worse, and this wasn't the case the last three, four years, but the reputation was it's a team that doesn't beat themselves. Oh, they're not going to be penalized. Oh, they're not going to make stupid turnovers. They're going to be solid on special teams. That wasn't the case. Um, I, there's no way around it. That wasn't the case. It has to be this way this year because the depth of talent isn't there. For a lot of the games, the top-end talent isn't going to be there. If K-State is going to win, you have to go back to some of those you know, stupid quotes that we heard all the time about not beating yourself. And if you're letting Nichols force some of these you know, mental mistakes, it's not going to be good when you're having to deal with all the cowbells down in Mississippi State and <laughs> you know, playing a big game versus Texas and – I, I just don't want to see it. I, I don't want to see muff kicks. I just call fair for in today's day and age. Just call fair catch. I would be one hundred percent fine if for every kickoff and punt, fair catching you don't muff it. I, I truly would be. And then I have faith in Ankle and uh, Lynch to do well in the kicking game, but just can't see any mistakes. Yeah, that would be very disheartening. That's another good one. And I even though Bill is gone, I guarantee you, maybe even for this season. They're still going to say that stupid-ass narrative about, you know, Kansas State teams were known with Bill Snyder. They typically don't they beat themselves. Beat I guarantee themselves. you we will still hear that, which is so annoying. It'll die eventually, but, yeah. But hopefully not. Clean it up. Hopefully it comes back. But Yeah, hopefully we can represent but, but that. But you know what? Here's the thing. Chris Kleiman teams weren't, like, overly disciplined at North Dakota State, uh, but they had – they had the talent. Like, they were the Alabama. Like, which, honestly, if you're going to do a drinking game, Chris Kleiman was the Nick Saban of FCS. Like, yeah. that might be on the bingo card. Uh, 
that actually might be a good uh, would have been a good debut free play Friday. Uh, but uh, I think you have a good one anyways. So those are our keys to V. Some honorable mentions. I just want to see the kids having fun out there. I want to see passion. I want to see life on the field. See life in the stadium. Uh, I just want to be rid of that old stale bread. I saw rain in the forecast today. Hopefully that changes. Are you serious? Yeah. So it's going to be like 72. I was going to wear my purple dry fit long sleeve shirts. I know. Ugh, I, 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 I mean, don't want it's rain. a full week away. But well, not really. Well, it's less than a week now. It is Monday, isn't it? Um, that would be depressing. I know. And last year, I feel like we've got we've had such bad luck with weather. It's been terrible. Anyways, we'll get lucky. We'll get lucky. It's going to be clear. It might be like early, early thunderstorm. So it's a night game. We'll be all right. All right. Well, we will move on, and it is time for our weekly pick them. And just like last year, it is sponsored by my bookie. Remember visit mybookie.ag today. That is M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget the promo code chair to receive your deposit match up to a thousand dollars. Uh, it's back. So, uh, this year we're doing 13 games a week. The 13 games are going to be comprised of every single Big 12 game, the ESPN College Game Day Game of the Week, and any other fun, nationally relevant games that I personally choose. Additionally, last year the Boneheads had a representative every week. Someone was picking for the Boneheads. That's not going to be the way anymore. We're putting the power into the Boneheads' hands on Twitter.com. Follow Bosco's boys every week. I will be tweeting out a thread of these games for a popular vote. If you're not on Twitter, for the handful of people that aren't on Twitter and you want your voice to be heard, get on Twitter. Follow Bosco's boys and get in on it. Grant, follow, follow nothing else because it's, yeah. it's not worth it, honestly. Yeah, Twitter kind of sucks. It's falling apart. Grant, you were the winner of the Golden Bonehead Bone Award last year as the top game picker. Uh, you were down big. You made a furious comeback. It's crazy. It, it, it was crazy. The Boneheads finished in last mainly because Reggie Walker tanked everyone. <laughs> Reggie Reggie shaved points. Yeah, <laughs> Reggie. For real, this no, time. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's not make those jokes anymore. I don't like it. So are you confident that you will be able to go back-to-back this year? We'll see. I mean, I'm picking second now, so Third. I have the advantage. Well, picking last. Yeah, you're right. We said because last year I would always have to pick first. And since I won, well, that started it like mid That started like mid year. Like, I all think, right, well, but still, yes, that is correct. You are always going to finish uh, the picking, so you will be able to switch things up if you want. Um, you did make a furious comeback with desperation. Yeah, I had like one. You had to pick every. Opposite. I had like one very <laughs> bad week that flipped everything, and then I started playing catch up. It was close. Um, you know, that I think I ended up back one game or two games. It was close. Uh, but that's what happens with the pick and we're just picking winners, uh, because we like to have those gaudy winning percentages out there. If we went to the spread, we'd expose ourselves. So badly just picking the winners. We're going to get started. It's Friday, August 30th. It's a night game, nine 30 pac 12 after dark. The pokes are going out to Corvallis out Oregon state, uh, the Boneheads, 86% are going with the Cowboys. I, too, am going with the Cowboys. Grant, who are you going with and filibuster as I open my highlighter? I am also going with the Cowboys. Perfect. Cowboys. That was not really – I, I think these are all going to be kind of similar. 
Well, maybe. 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 So the next one is Iowa State on their strive for nine, on the quest for their single greatest season in program history, a team that has not finished in the top 25 since 2000 and only twice in their life. They are twenty ranked 21 in their hosting Northern Iowa, who likes to pull off upsets that K-State fans enjoy watching. <laughs> Will they do it again? That's that's Chris Kleiman's alma mater. I know. They don't have Chris Kleiman in that, that defensive backfield, though. The Boneheads went with Iowa State, 87% going Iowa State. I, too, sadly am going with Iowa State. I've got the clones. Number three in the debut of Les Miles. This game is not on TV. Uh, the first two were on Fox Sports 1. So this is a Saturday 11 a.m. game. KU is hosting the Indiana State what? What is the Indiana State mascot name or team name? What is Indiana State? Uh, I don't know. I think they're the Sycamores, the Indiana State Sycamores, I believe, which is a tree. The Boneheads, and one of the closer Bonehead picks, 65% KU. I, too, am going KU. Are you picking Les Miles in his debut at Memorial Stadium? Sycamore Sam is going to be disappointed in Lawrence. So I think that means Les Miles okay. will, will – will, he's going to squeak by. Maybe. All, right. All right. The next – Big 12 debutante, Neil Brown, the runner-up for the K-State job, West Virginia hosting James Madison, who is the my bookie odds-on favorite to win the FCS National Championship. Wow, I didn't know that. The Boneheads are going 86% West Virginia, and in the first big upset pick of Pick'em, I am officially going with the James Madison Dukes. Good for you. Go wow. JMU. Wow, that's a shocker. I'm going West Virginia. Fun fact. I'm keeping it vanilla this week. That's fun. Fine. You know the song they love out there? Yes. Country Roads, Take a, Me this Home. This is a great fact, actually. I know this fact that you're about yeah. to say. The song is not about the state West Virginia. No. It is about the western portion of the state of Virginia. Yeah, so they're frauds. Yeah, and and, and that's, that's, that's crazy. And all like the geographic stuff they talk about. Not in West Virginia yeah, at all. Yeah. The Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Like maybe in Joe. one corner. That that makes it hilarious that they have like gone all in on that song and almost is kind of like West Virginia as a state as a whole. Just a bunch of hick hillbillies that don't know what's going on. They're complete frauds. They are frauds. All right, the 31st of August, uh, Texas Tech hosting Montana State. Couldn't find TV on this either. I don't know if it's going to actually be on ESPN Plus or not. Uh, I believe that's the Bobcats of Montana State. The Boneheads, 97% Texas Tech. I, too, am going with Texas Tech. I, I believe too. it's probably a clean sweep. Clean sweep. Texas Tech all around. 6 p.m., Baylor hosting Stephen F. Austin, ESPN Plus. So if you're already logged in and uh, you want to flip over somewhere on ESPN Plus during commercials of the K-State game, you can. Boneheads, 96% <laughs> Baylor. I'm sadly going Baylor. Even though I love Matt Rule, I assume you're going Baylor. Correct. All righty. Longhorn Network, 7 p.m. Texas, the number 10. Texas, we are back Longhorns hosting Louisiana Tech. Boneheads, 94% Texas. I'm going with Texas. Hook em. sweep. This is the biggest 
bonehead spread, by the way. TCU hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff, 7 p.m. 99% of the boneheads Ooh. went for TCU. I will be interested if we will have a single unanimous pick. If TCU versus Pine Bluff isn't going to hit 100%, I don't think anything is. But I think we both are going with TCU. That is correct. All right, Sunday, standalone game, September 1st in Norman. The number four ranked Boomer Sooner Sooner Sooners are hosting Houston. 93% of the boneheads are going with Oklahoma. I, too, am going to Oklahoma. You know, I don't think it's going to be the Houston of old. I think they're going to, you know, win seven or eight games. Daniel Holgerson, I don't know if he'll regret it or not. but Sooners uh, roll. Roll? I think Sooners Throw out a point. I think Sooners roll. How many? I think they win by 30. 30? Yeah. All right. I think they're going off. All right. If they lose by less than 30, you have to get a Bosco's Boys tattoo. Everyone heard it. So the Holy All War right. Thursday night at BYU, the number 14th ranked Utah Utes, 915 ESPN on debut night. It's kickoff night. Really? I'm really surprised that this game is so early. Is that typical? I well, wonder? I mean, I think this is just wherever they could get into the schedule. They went dormant. The, this rivalry has not been played every year. It got renewed a few years ago. I agree. I don't like it being played so early in the year. But guess what? I will be drinking cold brew coffee when I get home from the office to make sure I'm up for this one. This is one of the most fun and heated rivalries in all of sports. It's it is the good. Holy War, BYU versus Utah. The Boneheads, I'm surprised by how big this spread was. 75% went with the 14th ranked Utah Utes. I'm going with the home BYU Cougars in the second upset of the year already for me. Are you playing it safe and trying to get out to that early lead? Shout out to my boy Hunter Strathman, Utah. I'm taking the Utes. Um, what are you going to be drinking during that game? Some sort of pumpkin ale? Yeah, I, I'm going to go on the hunt for some pumpkin beer. Um, have a couple of them. I still haven't had a pumpkin beer yet, and this is the late. I usually am a few deep by the end of August. So I will be I'll be searching. I'll go into my local hy V. I'll uh, seek out other means <laughs> if necessary. Uh, I really wish one of our local uh, Kansas City breweries would do a good pumpkin beer. Um, it's been painfully absent ever since Funky Pumpkin went away from uh, Boulevard. That was such a good. That was such a, a good pumpkin beer. sour. It legitimately was one of my favorite beers of all time. All right, so Saturday, August thirty first, six p.m. Boise State versus Florida State on ESPN in Jacksonville. Boise State trying to get back to that you know old tradition of playing a Power Five opponent at a neutral site where their fans will be outnumbered. The Boneheads are 60% Florida State. I don't think Florida State's going to be great. I almost went with Boise State. And I, uh, it's, this is almost like my first flip of the year, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with Florida State. But I think this is going to be a fun game, and I wish it wasn't bracketed up against our game. But I am going to go with Florida State. I'm also going to Florida State. I don't really know much about either team. I feel like I was very close to doing Boise. But the fact that it's in Jacksonville I think might help them out a little bit. I think Boise State will be one of those contenders for the New Year's Six out of the group of five. I, I think them, Navy, Memphis and UCF and maybe even US or USF will be in play for that New Year's 
uh, six bowl game for the group of five. All right, here is probably the biggest game of the night. I will be connected to the in-stadium Wi-Fi trying to keep up with this game. It is the number 11 Oregon How about them Ducks, fighting Ducks versus War Eagle, Tigers, whatever they are, the Auburn University football team. (laughs) The Boneheads, this was the single closest game. And I think, yeah, Florida State was the second closest, then KU versus Indiana State was the third closest. But this was the closest game. Boneheads went 58% Auburn. I'm going Auburn as well. I do not respect Oregon or the Pac-12. I think Oregon eventually wins the Pac-12. And if Oregon is going to win the Pac-12, if the Pac-12 wants to get into the playoff, Oregon has to win this game. If Oregon doesn't win this game, I don't see too many paths that end with the Pac-12 in the playoff. But I am taking Auburn. And they can't. They have to have, I mean, one loss max. They Anything over that, they're going to have to be like... If you look at Oregon's schedule, they would then be dependent on teams like Utah, Washington, Washington State being good enough to then make those quality wins. I just don't see it happening. Um, I have opening week being tough for for the Pac-12, having uh, BYU and Auburn, so the two marquee teams in the Pac-12 going down. Are you following suit? I would love to see that. I'm going War Eagle, Auburn. I think they're... Just I don't respect the Pac-12 until I see it, until I see it come back again. All right, and it's the final game of the Pick'em. Chris Kleiman era is here. There's going to be I can't new believe music. It. There's going to be new videos. There's going to be new graphics. I'm not predicting any new uniform changes for Game One, uh, but you know it'll be the first time since when a decade since Bill Snyder is not on yeah. the sideline. This is the first time. In a really long time, it isn't Bill Snyder or Ron Prince. Uh, you know, it's it's brand new. I can't underestimate uh, or understate how important this game is for the program. You can't have folks leaving that game wondering if the right decision was made. This is where the statement is made. Because if you struggle with that game, look at ksasports.com. Not a lot of tickets have been purchased for game number two. We're at we're at sellout for game one. Mm-hmm. If you put on a show, if you bring the energy, if you show fans what it's like to be in love with K-State football again, they'll come back the next week. But if it's a close game like it was last year, I'm, I'm legitimately scared of what 11 a.m. versus Bowling Green is going to look like the very next week. So you need to win. You need to win big. Boneheads have us at 95%. I'm taking K-State, and I'm saying it's a statement. 41-7. to Skylar Thompson accounts for three or four touchdowns. And and we're we're coming back on, on that next Sunday. Buzzing. We're buzzing. Because do you remember how depressed we were in the in my parents' basement after game one last year? <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It and was then horrible. We, and then we just got... Did we play Mississippi no, State the second UTSA, game? No, UTSA okay. was number two. And it, we felt a little better, but not really. Because UTSA was terrible. Which and, Bowling Green will be as well. Yeah. But I, you need the statement. You need I agree. The statement. I mean, I agree with you. I, I do. Fully agree. So, go Cats. Cats win. <laughs> Give me a score. Um, Score will be 44 to 13. I like it. All right, Boneheads. That is it. Ow. 
That is our game preview. We are back. As it's been alluded to a couple times this season, we are bringing you three shows a week. We're going to have your typical, you know, review show that's going to drop on Monday. Or if you're an eagle-eyed bonehead and want to listen to it earlier, if you're checking iTunes, Apple, iPod, whatever, after the Chiefs game on Sunday, maybe you might get it a little early. I don't know. But the tweet will go out Monday mornings. Your preview show will go out Wednesday morning. And you will get a new concept. We've, I think we've said the name of it. I'm not sure. But we're going to call it Free Play Friday. Where we are going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to get the creative juices flowing. Sometimes we're still going to be talking about K-State football and basketball. Sometimes they'll be completely off topic. Sometimes they'll be fun games. You have to tune in and find out. Have we said in public what the first free play friday episode is uh i don't think so i think that john tweeted a picture but it didn't really give much detail all right why since this was your brainchild and only the second or third but no this will be the third all-time episode i have not been on at all which kind of hurts my heart but that's okay it happens um, tell, tell, tell the Boneheads what they have to look forward to on Friday. So Friday we debut a new series. It's basically just us emula- emulating Jeopardy, but it's it's pretty much case, all K-State related. It is all K-State related. So I went to Matt Hall's house, and I, I hosted Jeopardy. We had Matt, Fan, and John as the first three ever contestants. And um, it was fun. I mean, it was really fun. We're going to do it again at some point. Matt will have to come back on. I think you're going to be a contestant, yeah. and I think Nelson will probably be on. So I'm probably going to get my ass kicked, but I'm looking forward to it. It was a lot of fun to listen to. We're going to ha- – I mean, it'll obviously get better because I didn't even know the rules fully, clearly, but um, it was fun. It went – it'll go more smoothly next time, but it was it's just a fun, relaxed episode where it's probably fun to listen to to play along. Yep, I, I, I'm looking forward to listening to it again. Uh, I will be hosting any sort of gambling bets if you want to bet on who will win that between Fan, Matt, and John Kurtz. But, yeah, tune in on Friday. Uh, It's game week. I'm so excited. Um, When you guys are listening to this tomorrow, there's going to be like three or four games on TV. I can't wait. We made it through the offseason. Thank you to all, all the sponsors, Blue Chew. Uh, which my mom doesn't understand why we have Blue Chew as a sponsor. My bookie, which is technically illegal, but we love them anyways. Uh, you know, shout out to KSO who are helping us with the uh, with the Wildcat Roundup, giving us some recruiting information. And uh, we're here. I mean, I go subscribe to that damn yeah, website. Yeah, subscribe to KSO. They're they're good to us. Also, shout out to all the Patreons. We are over halfway to our first original goal. Um, I'll be sending out some thank you notes and koozies in the following weeks. I just have one more guy that has not sent his address, so I'm going to just spam him. Perfect. Uh, but, yeah, you guys are very generous. Uh, we love you guys. Check out some of the other uh, podcasts on the Armchair Media Network. And uh, I've rambled too long. I'm just so excited. I'm just I'm so excited, positive. man. So, it's game week. We love you. Join the Patreon. Yep. You can get an extra episode. Me and Matt talked about Oklahoma loss in oh, Manhattan yeah. 2000. You can hear Matt's perspective, which is pretty funny because he was a college student, so he was just raging. Um, it's good stuff. And you can get a T-shirt that's in the works, which I need to talk to you about because I got uh, – Will send it to Will me. Sen- he sent it to you. Well, he sent me something. Also, folks, 
not just the Patreon t-shirt, but I think Will is going to be whipping up some fun stuff that is going to refresh the store here in the couple weeks. We have a great shirt that's going to come out. It's amazing. Uh, But we love you guys. Uh, You know, keep giving us those five-star reviews. It's been a while since we've got up there. Let's see. Let's see how many we can get. Yes. Also, download every single episode before you (laughs) go to bed and play it. Yes, do that. Thank you, guys. We love you. Meet me at the cat. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess, now when did you last Let your heart decide I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over, sideways, and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world A new fantastic point of view No one to tell us no Or where to go Or say we're only dreaming A whole new world A dazzling place I never knew But when I'm way up here It's crystal Podcast Network.